Welcome to Real Estate Coaching Radio, starring award-winning real estate coaches and number one international best-selling authors, Tim and Julie Harris. This is the number one daily radio show for realtors looking for a no BS, authentic, real-time coaching experience. What's really working in today's market, how to generate more leads, make more money, and have more time for what you love in your life. And now your hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. We are back. Welcome to Real Estate Coaching Radio. This is day number four of the podcast series that we're doing on how to have a successful, happy marriage and partnership. We want to sincerely thank you for all of you who have been giving us a great feedback on this particular topic. I think you guys know this is slightly outside of our normal wheelhouse. These types of conversations we've historically left for uh, private coaching calls, frankly. And a lot of the things we're passing along to you guys are things that we would have... um, really not necessarily wanted to share it to such a, a wide audience because frankly, Julie and I would be concerned about how you're perceiving the information or, misperce- or misperceiving it, frankly. Sure. Mm-hmm. And I think that we are both very encouraged and really, I think, thrilled that so many of you are so appreciative of this topic. And, and it tells mm-hmm. me that we need to be doing more topics like this and not being so wimpy about what we present on the podcast. Yes, well, and in fact, it seems like it's a little bit out of the wheelhouse, but I think that from a coaching perspective, it's definitely inside the wheelhouse because we do have lots of couples that we coach and families that we coach, different types of partnerships, et cetera. And I just wanted to say that, you know, we're presenting a lot of different points, partially because we've been married for nearly 31 years and Mm -hmm. you learn some stuff along the way and it takes some time to work things out. And I just wanted to say to all of you who are working with each other, maybe you're just starting to, or maybe you've tried to and you're butting heads on something, it's normal to have to work this stuff out. Just because you're having some bumps in the road doesn't mean you're not supposed to work together, doesn't mean you can't figure it out. It's normal. This, you know, we're talking about business and personal life. And some of you guys have this myth going on that you think you can separate it and that everything will be great if you just separate it somehow. Well, if you're going to be in business and you're married together, or some kind of partnership, it is naturally going to happen. So take each one of these points and think about it, digest it and say, how am I doing with that? How do I need to improve? Or maybe you're doing a great job and you want to continue that. That was a point you made yesterday, right? You're telling them or suggesting to them that they don't try to seek some sort of mythical balance That's right. between work life and business life. That or, by itself will create stress. Work life and personal life, right, and family time. That, exactly. And again, this is a book that none of you will like, but all of you should uh, read or listen mm-hmm. to. It's called Profits Aren't the Only or Profits Aren't Everything, They're the Only Thing. Listen to that book. And like I told you, I promise you, most of you who will actually take the suggestion of listening to it will hate it, but it is a fantastic book. Yes. Because <laughs> it does really it's very practical. It's very, very practical. You'll when you're going through it, you'll see that Julie and I had learned a lot from it. It probably had you may have heard some of his points and some of the things that we said because it was very uh, – it's very affirming of the practical nature of what it really does take to have a long-term sustainable marriage but also, frankly, uh, business because it really does go back down to core elements and hopefully you guys are gleaning some of those. And even if you have all of your ducks in a row, familially, relationship-wise, everything's working great, maybe uh, store this information in your head in case you run across somebody who can use this information because they're having struggles in, in this particular area. Mm-hmm. And do share our podcast, which, by the way, thank you for all the great five-star reviews on iTunes and Stitcher and all the other you know, Spotify's. Please do um, – that is your only request, your price of admission to listen to our show every day. Please do give us a five-star review, primarily on iTunes, because that really does help us to uh, grow in uh, the podcast and gives us more encouragement – 
and more confidence, frankly, mm -hmm. to present more topics like this and not necessarily, you know, lead follow-up rules and yes. listening presentations, which is all good stuff. Mm -hmm. But we've been doing, we've done thousands and thousands of podcasts. This podcast has been downloaded over 20 million times. And chances are, if you're just looking for the real practical-natured stuff of building your real estate empire, well, we've done a show on it or a thousand shows on it. Indeed. But these types of topics are something that are near and dear to our heart. And like I said, we normally reserve these types of things uh, for private coaching calls. Now, before we get to point number nine, I believe it's point number nine, it is. Um, we want to remind you to make sure you did your homework from yesterday. Your homework from yesterday was downloading your own real estate treasure map. And the real estate treasure map is your fill-in-the-blank business and life plan. Just text the word Harris, our last name, Harris, to 31. What is the code, Julie? You 47372. That's right. I was thinking of the yes, old one. I know. 47372. Text the word Harris to 47372. Text the word Harris, H A R R I S, to 47372. And when you do, we'll text you a link to download the real estate treasure map. And this is your fill in the blank business and life plan. This is not some wimpy one pager, so get ready and have, if you're going to print this thing out, you can do it right on the uh, doc that we send you. Um, or the PDF rather, but it's really best to print it all out and then share it with your spouse or your partner and do it together. Complete the real estate treasure map together and that really will, I think, in a lot of ways, set your uh, direction for the rest of the year and maybe for the rest of your lives. Assuming that you follow the map once you've actually done it. Exactly. Assuming you're following yes. your plan is once you've actually done it. So text the word Harris to 47372 and, and remember message and data rates may apply. Yes, yeah, so point number nine, and again, if you missed previous points, get caught up on the podcast because we are starting on point number nine, which is put your current family first. Well, who is your current family? What does that even mean? That means your actual spouse, your actual kids, your immediate family, your old family, people you grew up with, et cetera. And some of you guys, that's past spouses and stepkids, and it could be many different things, but they are the extended family now. Your number one is your spouse, then your kids. And I think it's really valuable to put everything through that filter and say, is the decision that I'm making, are the relationships I'm having, the schedule I'm keeping, the things that I'm doing, serving my current family first? That last, and everything else comes second. That last bit, Julie, is so important. Your number one responsibility when you're in a marriage or a partnership, and we're going to stick with the word marriage, is to have your, the, the spou your spouse comes first. You made vows to that spouse, right? That person That's is your why married. you got married. Exactly. <laughs> and then your kids. Put the Do not let the kids dominate the relationship. Because what happens is the relationship gets hurt. This is very practical and tactical. And if the relationship get hurt, gets hurt, then the kids are not going to be in a really great family environment. So I'll say that again. Your spouse comes first. If you've made the mistake, in our opinion, our humble opinion, allowing your kids to dominate your relationship... You want to maybe pull that back, reprioritize, um, and then make it so that the spouse and your attention to each other and your love for each other, uh, that is number one, and then the kids are number two. Again, you put it in the exact opposite order, and we've seen this happen in plenty of coaching um, clients over the years. Then the spouse starts to become estranged. The spouse starts to look mm -hmm. for relationships outside of the uh, marriage, not necessarily sexual but interpersonal, you start to basically ruin the very foundation of your family, which will then, the kids will then pay the price. Yes. If the marriage, if it doesn't even, you know, if you don't end up in divorce, the kids will then have to deal with two parents that don't necessarily get along. Yes. And by the way, that doesn't completely, I mean, that doesn't only apply to little kids. We've had coaching clients where totally. their grown kids are the ones that are getting in the way. We've had lots of conversations as well. This kind of goes back to point number one, which was at least talk about and get on the same page with a lot of different things. 
I, I know we've had lots of conversations with very established agent couples who are just killing themselves to put away more for college or to pay for this for this kid who can't buy their own car or they mm. can't do this or that. And, you know, the thing is, put on your own oxygen masks first, take care of each other first before you're killing yourselves to take care of grown adult children. Julius just said something so incredibly controversial, but so incredibly important. And that's not just one coaching call we've had about that. No, it's yeah, exactly. I'm so glad you said that because the reality of it is, is many of you are not taking care of putting your own oxygen mask on first. In other words, you're saving for your kids college education and not actually saving for your retirement or saving for a rainy day. You're not taking care of yourself and your spouse first. You're taking care of your kids first. I know you had a fantasy maybe, and maybe you can still make it happen of paying for your kids' college education. If that was a goal you had, because maybe someone paid for your college education, keep that goal. But in the interim, make sure you take care of yourself first. You're saving money. You're building a nest egg through investment properties. You're creating revenue share with EXP Realty. And then when that's squared away, then you worry about maybe taking care of kids' college educations. I adventure guess that very few of you had your parents provide so much uh, anywhere near as much as you're feeling obligated to apply uh, to provide for your kids. It's become this almost this social, um, I don't know, I was the badge or this, you know, this some sort of um, badge of honor, uh, right, to say I paid for my kids college education and we get it. But what's the point of paying for the kids college education if you don't really even have any savings or if you don't have any, Mm -hmm. if you have a ton of debt? Or if you have no financial security, so what if you paid for the kids' college education? You better hope that their degree in African um, women's studies, uh, basket pottery, weaving. basket weaving, is going to somehow uh, materialize into a lot of riches so that they then can take care of you when you're old. Do you guys get the insanity of it all? Yeah. I mean, this is a reality. And there are so many – look, we can talk about the – you know the. Uh, <laughs> I'm not going to though. We could talk about the validity of whether kids should even going to college. Yeah, but you know, here's and and we don't want to necessarily go down that rabbit Mm-mm. hole because that's different for everyone. But yeah. I do want to say that there is a lot of value in having to pay for some of your own stuff when you're out of the nest. You know, and I and I acknowledge that it's harder for kids today because college is massively more expensive. But that also goes into your decision making tree of do you actually want to get into all that debt? I want to. You just said something, and I we won't. Yeah, no, totally. But I want to. So you and I, we graduated from college. Well, got out of college for with fifty thousand dollars in debt between the two of us, right? And we and we bought a house that was seventy thousand dollars or whatever Mm -hmm. it was, seventy one thousand dollars. All right, so I was talking with actually AJ Mida today, uh-huh. and we we're talking about the fact that the average and our, our combined income was probably fifty grand or something, right? Mm-hmm. This is before we got Back into then, real estate, yeah. right? Our first year in real estate, we earned over three hundred, which was quite yeah. a bit of a difference. Yeah, we I, did. I'd be, it might have even been less than fifty. Yeah. So, so yeah, probably. Yeah. But the moral of the story was is back then. Um, a, $400,000 house was equivalent to a $70,000 house that's in true. essence. Yeah. Because that's 70, that yeah. $70,000 house that we, uh, the one property we, you know, we regret <laughs> selling the most yeah. uh, because we should have kept it. But that property in particular is now worth $300,000, hundred three hundred $325,000. Mm-hmm. For sure. So it's still less than the average sale price. But the reality of it is, is that's what the new $70,000 house is. Mm-hmm. And like $50,000 in, in student loan debt, we shouldn't have had any of it for English degrees and you had music. No. It was ridiculous. It yeah. was stupid. Yeah. And we got into real estate. We didn't It was proportionately just as crappy. Right. Exactly. So this, but at the same time, mm-hmm. when kids get out of, kids, listen to me, when adults mm-hmm. basically are become, when they're uh, done. Young kidding, adults. And, 
and they're becoming adults, mm -hmm. they're going to make, if there's two of them, mm -hmm. over $100,000. Right. So it's proportional. It is. And so for us to say, well, these kids don't have the same advantages that we had. No. First of all, they're not kids. They're adults. That's true. And second of all, they have more advantages than we ever had. They do. And remember, when we bought our first house, the interest rate was seven and a quarter. Exactly. To say that the kids have it tougher nowadays is not really dealing with the reality of all the opportunities that they have that they can create. They can create so mm -hmm. many different ways of earning money. There's so many different – if you're – I'm 50, so 51. So if you were to think – and some of you are plus or minus 10 years of my age. Think back when you were you know, 20. How many different career paths did you have in front of you? Could you start a business online exactly. this afternoon? Right. You I know? Mean, it's, it's well, insane. they came out with some COVID reports about that um, recently where – during the, the basically two years that we've been in one sort or the other of COVID and lockdowns and all the rest and quarantines, that college enrollment is way down and the entrepreneurship is way up. New businesses awesome. filed for is like massively up. Oh, I remember up. that. Yes. I remember that. That came out like last year. Uh -huh. The number of new, it was LLCs in particular, yep. was like an all-time national high. Yes, because but, you can. But, but let's think about why else. It's uh -huh. because people are realizing that they have to be independent. That's, they cannot be dependent on mm -hmm. someone else providing an income for them. Yep. And so that really, that's an awesome, really, Isn't I that interesting? bringing that in. Yeah, that's two good Julie points today. Yes, well, so. Right, point number 10, Julie Harris. Point number 10, don't give your family or friends a hall pass for bad behavior just because they're your friends or family. Now, this can manifest in lots of different ways. That could be uh, maybe they're judging your schedule or your finances, or now you're pulling away and you're being the wealthy one in your family. It could be politics. But it could be anything. But sticking with the topic, though, yeah. right? It's making this focusing on sure. long term. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So don't give your family or friends a hall pass on bad behavior just because you're family or friends. And I think that's something And not really yeah. where that falls, where most of us are, we succumb to this, is allowing uh, family in particular to abuse us. And abuse is a, maybe too strong of a word, but I'm trying to make a point succinctly. Well, take advantage of relationships, friendships, your time, in some cases money, because they, and if, so here's the filter. If you would not be making that decision or helping that person or giving them your time, if they weren't a friend or family member, well, then family. maybe you shouldn't be doing that. Well, uh, he, yeah. I, here's what I think you're trying to say, yeah. right? Go ahead. You will tolerate more from your family than yes. you were you are from your friends, mm -hmm. right? Why? Mostly, yeah. Because they're your family. and mm -hmm. But here's the thing. They know that you will tolerate more, so they're going to always come back to the well until you don't let them. And a lot of times the most destructive relationships that you can have are with the family members who are – just show up in your life occasionally and they you want to have a family you want to have a close relationship with them but every time they come in they basically are very disruptive because they themselves are frankly on a wrong path a, you know downward adult failure spiral of some variety or another and it might be family it might be alcohol it might be drugs it might be whatever it is their issues are so the moral of the story is you have to protect your marriage you have to protect your family and the most insidious types of, uh, you know, well-meaning people to sneak in and that can cause untold destruction to that, you know, bond with your family and your spouse are the family members, are your extended family members, not your immediate family members. And so you have to basically be honest with yourself. Like, I love my, you know, Aunt Bob or uh, Aunt Bob. Well, you don't know, right? Uncle Bob or, I, or my brother or my sister sure. or whatever. But every time they appear back in my life, they always leave with a whole bunch of, you know, messes everywhere that I have to well, clean up so emotional you, and So you have to be honest about that and manage it and opt in or opt out and decide how that's going to be. And, and I'll tell you what's more. It's like depending on how um, we have friends 
that um, asked us once, and I think I th- this was very interesting. That and these people were very religious, and they had an extended family member that was coming into town and wanted to stay with them with their mm-hmm. at the time it was a boyfriend, and they were not married, and they thought they were felt entitled to stay in the guest bedroom. And these people are very religious with very traditional values. And they said, you know, lovingly and respectfully, they said that we don't want you to set the – now, they didn't say it like this, but this is what the essence of what they were saying by their behavior. We don't want to let an unmarried couple who's sharing a bedroom into our house setting a bad example for our daughters. Yeah, and I you thought, can visit, but you can't stay in the bedroom and in I, the house. And I think they even basically volunteered to pay for the hotel room. Yes. And so these are the types of things you have to think about. And, again, a little tiny, well-meaning – you know, grenades with a pin pulled, sure. a.k.a., you know, family members oftentimes. Right. Because it's easier just to basically defriend somebody. It's hard to, you know, defriend a family yeah. member. But you don't have to do but it. But you can manage it. You don't have to be right. a jerk about it. You can just say, okay, you know, please do visit, but here's how we'd like to be set up. And don't do Or you can make an excuse. You don't even have to. We don't have room. Yeah, we don't have room where the room is. The dog snores and farts. Totally. Which also is true. That room's haunted. (laughs) Who knows what, right? I mean, don't don't be confrontational. You don't have to have some big drama blowout. If you've got long-term friends and you find them becoming a bit of an insidious, you know, uh, there's something about them that's adversely affecting your mindset. And as a result, it's adversely affecting your marriage or your partnership, then you need to get those people out of your life because that's part of your environment that's having an adverse effect on you. And going back to the point we made on a couple days ago, you have to avoid people that are having marital problems themselves because as strong as of a marriage as you think you have, what's going to happen is you're going to bring conversations about their marital dysfunctions into your relationship. And the next thing you know, you're finding yourself having a stupid argument. It's like a virus, basically. It is. It's like, you know, you might not know you have it until something happens and then you start looking at things in a different light and then you have a bad day and then you have a bad argument and then one thing leads to the next and now you're just like your friend that's having marital problems exactly and of course you're then going to which leads nice uh, to <laughs> you know you know one of the future points yep. but and I, i'll just foreshadow it before we get to point number 11 you know what i think actually one of the last points i wrote down and julie and i wrote down let me find it because it's good to string in here and we'll you know, right here. Point number 16 is don't betray your spouse. People can cheat on their spouse or partner in more ways than just sexual. Emotional relationships with others outside of your marriage as a partner can easily be a form of betrayal. So we're going to belabor that point on uh, Friday or on Tuesday or on Monday rather. But that is something else you have to keep in mind too, how all these little things can sneak in. And the next thing you know, you're having some sort of miscommunication with your spouse. Your relationship, your marriage has to be protected. Build tall walls around it and protect it. You know, just whatever it takes, make sure you're omnipresently aware of anything that might be adversely affecting um, your marriage and your partnership because it's all the way around you. It's kind of like if this is a form of uh, being media free, right? I mean, in that well, sense. Yes, that's true. All right, point number 11. Point number 11 related to what we are just talking about. Communicate about everything. Don't let things swell up into an argument when they're likely just a misunderstanding. Try to see the other person's side before you make your argument and be forgiving. It all gets back to communication pretty much about everything. And when I was rereading this point, I was also thinking about, you know, that's also good for your business is to communicate about everything because that can blow up on you as well if you're making a little thing into a big thing. So watch out for those tiny misunderstandings that become bigger things and always try and see the other person's side before you make your argument. You know, you might think, well, gosh, now I understand from your perspective how you would have taken it that way. And I'm sorry. And then when it's the other way around, be forgiving. Don't let things linger forever. Now, it's easier to do. uh, It's easier to say what I'm about to say versus do what I'm about to say. Mm -hmm. 
But one of the things that definitely is effective, and we've helped many coaching clients with this, is when you're feeling angry about anything, assume that what you're going to be, the state in which you're going to be communicating or operating out of is not something that's going to result in the best outcome. That's okay. so true. That's and it's so hard to do in the moment. Totally. Because that's also a point from a previous podcast about negotiating, which is don't just go with your uh, triggered reaction when you're feeling pissed about something because you're probably going to say something that maybe you'll regret later, later that might not even be accurate that's totally reactionary. And so I think with relationships, it's also important, you know, in a marriage, but just as much as dealing in a real estate transaction, take a breath, don't react, don't fire off an email, just breathe for, even if it's just for five or 10 minutes, it's going to help you get your marbles back in your head. And if you're finding patterns in your relationship that are, that are like, for example, if you find yourself getting into arguments with your spouse or your partner every single day at the end of the day, well, here's a good idea. Don't talk about anything controversial after five o'clock. Because what's happening well, that is that should be a point, by the way. Totally. I think well, it is now. It right? is now. It yeah. is. Don't talk about anything controversial after five o'clock. Because here's what happens: you, especially as you get older, your hormones, your hormones aren't working for you; they're working against you. You're tired. You're mentally, emotionally fatigued. All these things. You've probably hungry. Hungry. You might be hangry. And now you're right. Your kids are barking at you. And now some of you are adding too much alcohol. So now you're all yeah. of a sudden in a really heightened emotional state. You're not in your best state emotionally. You know, everything is uh, really going to be basically you walking. Uh, you're basically a grenade to the pinpole. Now you're going to add some booze. You think that there's going to be any positive outcome from any conversation that happens when you're in that emotional physiological state? Absolutely not. So one of the rules that Julie and I have is we don't talk about anything controversial until after five o'clock. No, and we don't, not until after. But yeah, no, no, yeah, yeah that's what I meant to say. <laughs> and furthermore, when we have a disagreement about something, what we do is uh, we will oftentimes write out what the disagreement or the misunderstanding is, and we'll, you know, and we write it, handwrite it, and because when you handwrite it, it takes more time for you to think about what you're writing. And then we give it to the other person so that we can, um, you know, have an opportunity to sort of work through it. And Julie touched on it before. Oftentimes what happens is if you're not, if you're feeling um, confrontational or if you feel like you were offended or disrespected or unloved or whatever it was, it was a temporary emotional state that was causing you to feel that way. And then 10 minutes later, you don't feel that way anymore. Yeah, I'm just laughing because I, I catch myself several times a day just doing like daily things where I was like, usually it's something in the office or the house and I'll be like, oh, I got to deal with that. And I'm like, all right, it's okay. Calm down. This is not a big deal. This right. is, you know, this does not have to be a thing. So I think that the more you, tr you learn to manage these things and to not react immediately, it, it definitely is something that's, that's it's self-aware. It, it's self-awareness and it's, it is in business and in marriage. I think it's the same thing yep. is to, to not be so reactionary all the time. So, uh, and you know, these are things that we've learned over the years. How I think about things now is different than, you know, when I was in my twenties. You right? know, some, I did get a, a message from somebody and they weren't like offended, but they were a little bit taken aback mm. that we compared a successful marriage to a successful business. Hmm. But really guys, that is really what it is. Well, you could take most of these points and apply it just to business. Totally. Of I course. Mean, it of does course. cross over. But we're not saying that don't you're, you're overthinking it is really what the answer yeah. is because they're the tenants of running a successful successful anything 
always have go they fall back to the commonalities of agreements the you know the marriage the partnership the, the agreement how you're going to communicate the agreement about responsibilities the agreement about how you're going to raise children all these types of things what your priorities are going to be having goals together it's not just describing exactly how a successful business is organized so if you want to de-emotionalize your relationship issues or challenges you might be having, just think about it in terms of a business because then you'll naturally go to a different state that's not so uh, heightened emotionally. Does that make sense? Definitely. Definitely makes sense. So I think this is a good place to round the bend unless you have something I else believe to like so say too. Guys. Yeah. Well, so take these points. Think about them. Some of these things you're probably really good at and other things you probably need to work on. So there was an article. Mm-hmm. Um, I, think, I think this came out. My days blend, right? Sure. But maybe this was today. Um, anyway, the gist of it was is that – no, it was today. Mm-hmm. So not only are there 1.6 million members of the National Association of Realtors right now, which uh-huh. is an all-time high. Yes. Like when you and I got in the business, there was 850,000 mm-hmm. agents in, all, in the United States. Yep. All right. So not only are there 1.6 million members of the National Association of Realtors – um, there are more people that are planning on getting into real estate mm-hmm. than it's like off the charts. And yes. Inman did a really fun article about this where they're talking about the num- you can go into Google and you can find out what people are searching for. And the number of people that are searching for information about how to get real estate licenses is, is through the roof. Mm-hmm. The point of this, guys, is that chances are many of you are wanting to uh, get into real estate, wanting to uh, maybe if you're successful in real estate already, you want to bring somebody in, maybe your spouse or your child or whatever. You got to anticipate that there's going to be some emotional conflict. Please go back and listen to these previous points we made. Please approach this primarily is because you're talking about a successful business. Approach this with a business clear-minded approach. And if you need help with it, let us help you with it. I mean, this is a common. We have lots of coaching clients that work together. Spouse. We have lots of coaching clients that find us because they want to work with their spouse. Well, that's and, a normal and that's thing. okay. And you know, it does take work. It it really does. If you are passive about these things. You will have conflict in business and in your marriage. You just will. You will. Well, it's complacency, really. Complacency, yeah. And thinking, you know, there's no such thing as, you know, emotion. complacency is, is really the, the best way of, mm-hmm. you know, hopefully you guys understand that. But if there's a problem and you just ignore it and you sweep it under the, you know, emotional rug, it's going to basically create, it grow into some big old dust bunny monster sure. and sneak mm-hmm. out in the middle of the night it doesn't and, get and try to consume you. Yeah. I mean, that's how it works. So keep these channels of communication going. Uh, but again, Go back and complete your real estate treasure map if you've not done that yet. Text the word Harris to 47372. Text the word Harris to 47372. And if you're in a long-term partnership, a long-term relationship, short-term relationship, short-term partnership, long marriage, doesn't matter. Complete the real estate treasure map with that other person and make it so that you're pulling in the same direction, governing your behaviors by the same set of rules and guidelines and understandings. And then you're going to find that that real estate treasure map will act as almost the constitution, not just for your business, but also for your behavioral, uh, how you're going to conduct yourself in your in your personal life. Well, it makes it uh, so much easier, right? You don't have to do this alone. You don't have to figure it out over and over again every single day. Just get your treasure map done and then follow it. And don't think we're taking the love and the emotion out of it because Julie and I are being so practical in the way we approach these conversations. The exact opposite is true. You will have more time for love and emotion if you've resolved all these things, and it'll be more defined time. You won't be with your spouse and your, you know, or your partner, and then having all these unresolved, pissy, you know, things floating around your head about business. You'll have all these things 
organized in such a way that when you are with that person, your relationship, because you're succeeding together, and by the way, when you're working with someone successfully, you will succeed so much more, so much faster, have so much, and have someone mm-hmm. to share uh, that it's experience with. It, yeah, it's much more rewarding, guys, ultimately. So we strongly encourage you to really lean into the real estate treasure map. Again, text the word Harris to 47372. And remember, message and data rates apply. Thank you for all the great feedback. Your homework is after you've downloaded the real estate treasure map. Your secondary homework is, of course, to give us a five-star review, preferably on iTunes. If you're listening to us on YouTube, please do subscribe to our channel. You guys have a fantastic day. We'll talk with you on the show tomorrow. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.